and uh, you know I teach you guys it's important to make sure that when it comes to doctrinal things and things that are um, you know being careful to, that the translations don't lose their um, doctrinal value which is the most important thing but certain verses can be used to give greater understanding of something and I was looking at Ecclesiastes 11.1 1, where it said cast your bread upon the waters and it might have been kind of hard to understand what that meant and I tried to explain it but uh, actually go to Ecclesiastes 11.1 1, and just look at this again and then I want to read it to you um, in, in the New Living Translation because it's really powerful. So give me an amen if you're there. So in, in English, and this actually isn't part of the message. We are going to be in Ecclesiastes, but I wanted to, to show you this. I sent this to a pastor this week, and he was excited. So it says, cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. And I kind of explained that to you, giving a servant to seven and also to eight for you do not know what evil will be on the earth. So that can be a little bit difficult to explain or understand sometimes in the New King James or the King James. But listen to what it says in the New Living. Listen to this. It says, send your grain across the seas. I thought that was so cool, you know, as we're starting a church in another country, that that was exactly what we're doing and what we're trying to say. And the New Living Translation just broke it down. Send your grain across the seas. And then it says, and in time, Prophets will flow back to you. Isn't that a powerful verse, a powerful translation? So think about that. What we do is, and this is what I was talking about with Pastor Jones, why we have such an emphasis on missions and why there's actually a book called Why Churches Are Blessed. Some churches are blessed. Churches that have a mission-minded heart and churches that are always looking to do things away from their church, especially around the world, have a special hand of God on their lives. And, and we as a church have that tonight, amen? And, and maybe you haven't totally grasped that yet. I believe you're, we're all involved because whether we want to be or not, whether we choose to be or not, because we tell you that when, when we tithe and we give our tithes and offerings to this church, we tithe off of what comes in and we send that amount every single month to missions. And so there's a blessing upon us because of that. But it's really cool how that breaks down. Send your grain across the seas, and in time, profits will flow back to you. So when we put God and missions first, God will always provide for house. When we go and think about the other part of the world, God will always take care of what we need here. Amen? How many believe that tonight? So I just wanted to share that from Sunday. But I want to talk tonight about the power of Godly partnership. If you're in Ecclesiastes there, go to chapter 4. And I want us to think about tonight how awesome it is to partner together and work together, you know, as we're doing these church plants and as we're uh, changing things and as uh, we'll be sending off Dwayne and Myra on Sunday and praying over them and uh, having a celebration with them. We're, what we're doing is we're partnering together, amen? We're partnering together and there's a power in that. And so go ahead and put that background up there for a second, Chris. Um, this is just kind of a, a picture there that we, we can do more together than we can do by ourselves. How many times have you heard that, right? We can do so much more. Two people can do more than one. But three people, obviously, can do more than two. And as that grows, that strength, you know, how many have ever played tug of war, right? It's a fun game. Um, sometimes the numbers can be the reason that one side wins or sometimes the numbers 
and the strength can be the reason sometimes wins, uh, one side wins. But that's a great picture that we are all pulling together and we're all working together and partnering together. And there's a power in that. That I might not be able to do this on my own. I might not be able to, to go to another country or go start a church or, or go do all the things that my heart would desire to do. But together, we can do a lot. And how many are excited tonight to know that, that when we struggle or have a problem, we have a church family that we can reach out to? You know, it's comforting to me tonight to know that, that as my mom is, is going through this in the hospital, that I have a family that loves my mom I can't say as much as me, but loves my mom a lot. And that you're praying for her, and, and, and that's an example for tomorrow. But when we come forward with needs and when we have problems and situations, that we come together as a church and work together. And watch what Ecclesiastes 4.12 says. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. So, so what, you, might, you might lose a fight on your own, and that's the, that's the problem is too many times we try to fight on our own. And there's always going to be somebody or something that can overcome us on our own. Uh, we can be weak and we can feel like we're strong, but there's going to be someone stronger. But when two come together to withstand that one, it, the Bible tells us that, that those two will win. That two are greater than one. And, and, and that's the power of partnership. And then what, watch what it says. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. And so the strength there, this is a great marriage verse. This is a great uh, picture of the Trinity, how that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit work together as a team um, and, and their different uh, relationships of how they minister to us uh, in their Godhead. But it's really a picture of how um, every time we, we, we do an outreach, every time, and by the way, we got Harvest Fest coming up, amen? Just a couple weeks, it's going to be exciting. 10th anniversary, 10th year, amen? It's going to be great. Be, we're going to get involved in that, and it's going to be a great turnout, and we're going we're gonna to reach people and, and plant seeds. But when we do these things, or we come to a church service, or, or we come to a prayer meeting, or we fast for 21 days, man, what a powerful thing that is. You know, when we begin to think about why we sense the Holy Spirit so much in our services. It has a lot to do with that power of agreement, power of partnering together. So let's go to the book of Acts chapter 4, and I want to show you a verse there. Pastor Marshall was uh, preaching a message at conference that really encouraged me, and uh, I wanted to piggyback on some of uh, the verses that he used and um, he, he called his message the power of friendship, but I began to think, you know, friendship is great, and that's every, but the partnership um, is, is, is even stronger because we're in a partnership with God. So we're in a partnership with each other, but we're in a partnership with God. Isn't that neat to think that we're on the same team as the creator? That's exciting. That, that always excites me to remember and think that I'm on the winning team. I am the team that cannot lose. Amen. How many are thankful for that tonight? Regardless of what we see or what happens or sometimes when it feels like we're losing, we're on the winning team. And there's much to see in the book of Acts, but for chapter 4, verse 32 says, Now the multitude of those who believed, this is so key right here, were of one heart and one soul. Amen. The multitude that believed together were of one heart and one soul and one soul. How many know that when we're on the same page, and that's why it's so important that we have a vision. I'm very thankful that that vision right there 
doesn't extend over to the next wall with three more things and then the back wall with one every foot and then 12 more over here. I'm thankful for that it's a simple vision. It's, we can grasp that, amen, I, that, I can, that I can try to do uh, those things at least the first two every week, that I can try to reach out, that I can try to disciple, and that the ultimate result is that more people are going to have their lives touched through planting churches. But it's so awesome to think that we can be in one mind and one spirit and one accord tonight. That's a powerful thought. And as Pastor Marshall was preaching his message at the conference, you know, I, I just am always thankful to see what God does in other people and just to see how he has stood so strong through the, all the years that he has gone through some horrible things, as many of you know, the things they've gone through, losing a son and uh, just all kinds of struggles. But he, he has found, he found the key many years ago in that partnership. I found that key many years ago in that partnership, that we could have a friendship, that we could have a partnership that is so cool. Many of the pastors got up. I think it was even said, yeah, I think Jeff said it Sunday. It's so cool to think that uh, they said, i got friends around the world. Now, the pastor said that, but you guys can say that too. It's pretty awesome to think that we've got friends all over the world. Not everybody can say that. Some people can't even say they've got friends in the United States. Amen? But we're able to say we've got friends in Moscow and Canada and Africa and Europe and Ireland, all these different places, and that's a powerful thing. It's a neat thing to think that, that we have that power of agreement. Matter of fact, I can, I can find the right person tonight. Past, uh, matter of fact, the home church is praying. Ben Jones reached out to me and asked me if, we, if they could uh, lift us up tonight, so they're praying for my mom and then I'll, I'll make sure uh, people like Pastor Portnova know and Pastor Safari, and all of a sudden, tomorrow at noon, there'll be people praying all around the world for my mother, not just here in Denton, Texas, but all around the world. How, how, how powerful is that? That's the power of partnership. We could never, I could never have had that, op- that opportunity if I wasn't a part of a fellowship of churches and I wasn't part of a partnership. So, it's, it, you know, there's, there's always going to be downs. There's always going to be struggles. There's going to be times when things aren't going the way we want. But when you look at the bigger picture, it keeps us from, from looking inward. How many know we have to consistently look outward? Uh, outward of the bigger picture. That was great what John said at prayer. He was mentioning that. That's, that's what he's seeing there is that, that uh, Martha was too busy. Which one was it? I'm, I forgot now. Martha was too busy, amen? She was too busy trying to do what seemed spiritual, and Mary was like, I need to be with the Lord, right? So that's, that's the thing is sometimes we can be too spiritual and not realize God just wants us to love each other, work together, and, and try to meet each other's needs, amen? So it goes on to say, they all believed with one heart and one soul, and neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, and they had all things in common. You know, that there might be times when we are stingy or, or, or hold on to things, but how many know and believe tonight that if there was a great need, that all of us would come together and make whatever needed to happen happen, that we would come together as a family and we would meet a need? Amen? Even if we felt like, you know, I can't do that or I don't want to do that, in the heart of our hearts, we, we would meet a need tonight. Amen. We, if there was a great need of someone in our church, we would do our best to help. And that's a powerful thing. 
So I want to I want to kind of think about some of the things that can cause us not to have. Uh, this is a powerful thought. Authentic Christianity is contagious. How many believe that authentic Christianity is contagious? When it's right, when it's true, and when it's real, it's contagious. It's it's something that people say, man, I I want to be a part of that. We want to be a part of a church and a work that, that excites people. You know, we're not just here on a Wednesday night just to study the Bible, but we're here to be excited about the fact that uh, Christianity is contagious, it's exciting, it's fun, amen. It's awesome to be a part of a team, again, that cannot lose. And the value of that is, is knowing that you and I together are better than me by myself. But what is the devil's plan? all the time, to isolate us, to isolate us in our minds, to isolate us in our, in our, in our actions, to get us away. If, you, if you've ever been through this tonight, um, there's always, unfortunately, always at any given time, somebody in the church who, who's isolated themselves, don't even do it on purpose, but maybe they begin to miss a few services and, and then, it's, then it gets easy to miss a service and then it gets easy to miss another one and all of a sudden we're just isolated without even, it's not like we go, you know what, I think I'm going to isolate myself. It just happens. And so the key is to not allow that to happen and not let the devil win. So um, a part of that, a big part of that is, is watching out who influences us. And I want to give you some, some verses here that are really good about that. Um, 1 Corinthians 15, 33, and, and going forward, we're going to try to have these on the screen as much as possible. Not for you to get lazy, but so make sure you get them in your notes. Amen. But this is a key verse. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. If you, if you want to do something for God, you got to watch who you hang out with. You gotta watch who influences. You gotta watch out who speaks into your life. And that's and that's not just people you talk to on the phone. What's the influence? It's what, what kind of influence are you getting from Instagram? What kind of influence are you getting from Facebook? What kind of inst, uh, influence are you getting from any kind of social media or people around you at work? And this goes back, whether we like it or not, goes back to that message on the thermometer and the thermostat. It goes back to who am I and what am I and what am I doing? And I'm always influencing somebody or someone's always influencing me every day. As you begin to walk this walk with God, you begin to say, you know what, I feel like I'm actually starting to, to be an influence in a good way now. I, I feel like I'm starting to rub off on some people. I feel like people are starting to see a change in me. And, and that can be lost for a little while, and you got to get it back. You can begin to see that shift. It's kind of like that picture again with the tug of war. You know, in tug of war, sometimes it seems like you're losing, right? How many have ever been playing tug of war and that thing got real close and you thought you were done, but you dug in a little harder, pulled a little harder, and all of a sudden it went back the other way? And rarely is a tug of war game just quickly over. Sometimes it can happen, but usually it goes back and forth and back and forth. And that's kind of a picture of how influence can be sometimes. I can be doing good for a while. And all of a sudden, I can start uh, being influenced, and so I start losing the battle. And then I come in, and God speaks a message to me, or, or I get a, a verse, or, or, or I hear something, and then I start getting right back on track again. And that's just life. We've got to make sure that we're not around that evil company. Amen? Proverbs 12, 26 says, The righteous should choose his friends carefully. 
Amen? The righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. That's the truth. The way of the wicked leads them astray. This is, this is a very important thought. If, I, if I'm not careful what's influencing me, all of a sudden I find myself, this has always been the best picture for me. I've said it many times, but I always come back to this thought of how easy it is to wander away from the truth. How easy it is to get out there in that water and wade in the water, in the ocean, and all of a sudden the waves begin to move you, and then you look back where your flip-flops and your towel was, and it's 30 feet down the, down the beach if you've ever been to the ocean. It's so easy if you don't keep your eyes on where, you, where you're supposed to be. It's like that spiritual compass in us that's north. We always got to be thinking, where's my north in this? What's, where, what's the right decision in this? Is, this? is this the right head in the right direction? So the righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked will lead them astray. Amen. The people you hang out with will eventually become who you are. The people you hang out with will eventually become the people you are. And so that's why it's so important that we have like-mindedness. That's why it's so important. And, and you know, for you, when you first get saved, we always, thank God, have new converts getting saved. And, and there's an array of, of people here from, from very few months to many years. But as you get saved, you begin to hear a silver lining message, which is watch out who you hang out with. And you start to realize, I cannot make it for God if I continue to hang out with my old friends. Because they're not, they're not on the same pages as me, me anymore. And I think sometimes it can seem like, like we're some kind of cult or something because we're trying to encourage you to, to cut those, those relationships off. It's not that we're trying to keep you from people. It's because we're trying to get you to understand if you keep hanging out with them, you'll become like them. I heard someone say it during the, the conference that, uh, G, oh, well, Jesus hung out with sinners. Well, Jesus didn't hang out with sinners just to fellowship with them. He hung out with them to get them saved. And I've always said, when you become Jesus, then you can go hang out with sinners like Jesus did. He's a good example, and we're supposed to talk to him, and we're supposed to go to the highways and the byways, but we're not supposed to just hang out and fellowship with them. That's the difference. The influence is so important. So that's a thought to think about. People who you hang out with will eventually become who you are. Another Proverbs is a personal thing. When it comes to partnerships and friendships, Paul said at the offering, it's constantly looking at my heart. Where's my heart at? This is one of my favorite Proverbs. It says in 2719, as in water, as water reflects a face, so a man's heart reveals the man. So as you look down on that water and you see the reflection of your face, you know what, the, what is inside your heart is what people are going to see. And how many know we want them to see Jesus? We want them to see life. We want them to see hope. We want them to see uh, change. We want them to see patience and love and all those things that are the fruits of the Spirit. Amen. I, uh, there was a, a really, really good story Pastor Marshall gave that really blessed me, especially because I like baseball. He was talking this, and I had never heard it, the story of Jackie Robinson. He was, he was talking about how 
when Jackie Robinson, he was the first black person, player to ever play in the major leagues, and he came over from the Negro Leagues to the, to the white leagues, first player ever, and it was a big, big transition. And he is on that team, and he's in Ebbets Field, and he's playing for the Dodgers, and he's the only one on that team. And this is, this is I mean, you can imagine if it still ridiculously exists today, what it would have been like 50, 60 years ago. And he's on this team. It's already hard enough that he's playing. It's already hard enough that he's trying to make a name for himself. And he's, he gets a ground ball to him, and he grabs it and makes an error. And everybody in that stadium, you know they were waiting for him to mess up. If they were racist and they didn't want him to be there, they were just waiting for him to mess up. He makes an error and messes up, and people are throwing their hats. People are hating on him. People are yelling at him. Can you imagine an entire stadium of, of fans turning on you all by yourself? The error is bad enough, but the fact that they're racist and hate you because of your color is a whole different thing. That second baseman, or he might have been the shortstop, Pee Wee Reese, goes over to him when everybody's hating on him and does something that is a perfect picture of how we're supposed to live our lives. He walks over and puts his arms around Jackie Robinson and just stands next to him as if to say, stop hating. I like this guy. He belongs here. He's one of us. And it changed everything. Because Jackie Robinson went on to be an amazing baseball player and paved the way for many open doors. But he says that if Pee Wee Reese wouldn't have came over and done that, he probably would have quit that game. How many know that sometimes we just need someone to come stand by us and not even say anything? Not even say a word. He just stood there. I don't know if he whispered into it. I don't know. What, but he just stood there. And you know that today there is a statue out in front of the, that stadium with Pee Reese and Jackie Robinson, a statue that goes on to this day of what was called the embrace. The embrace. We need to embrace each other in partnership. We need to embrace each other in friendship. We need to come together and say that I can do more with somebody else than I can do by myself. It is so nice to know that somebody has my back. John 15 is where I want to close tonight. Verses 12 to 17, they'll be up on the screen. You can write them down. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than to lay lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends. This is what a powerful statement that is. You are my friends. To think that God calls us friends. You know, when we sing that song, I am a friend of God, it's scriptural. What an amazing thought to think that God calls me friend. And listen, if God calls us friend, how much more should we call each other friend? We don't, we don't see God with our own eyes. We don't, we, we don't have a, our hands on his hand physically. He says, if, you, if, if, if I love you and you love me, then love one another. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you to do. Amen. And then it goes on to say, you didn't choose me. I chose you and appointed you. Amen. I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain. 
And whatever you ask in the, the Father in my name, he'll give you. These things I command, he says again, that you love one another. I don't know if Pee Wee Reese knew the Lord, but he did a spiritual act by going and embracing Jackie Robinson. That's the picture. You know, that, that was very difficult for that man to do. Can you imagine the scrutiny that he got? Can you imagine the hate mail that he got? Can you imagine the booze that he got after? There's a lot of things he had to think about. But he said, you know what? I'm not worried about this. Listen, this is a good point. I'm not worried about who's in the audience as a fan. I'm worried about who's on my team. There's, a, there's an audience outside. And they're, they're, not, they're not on our team. We want them to be on our team. We want them to come in and be a part of our team, but they're not on our team. We can't allow the outside people to affect the team because the teamwork is what God wants in this place. He wants us to work together as a team and see great and amazing things. Our destinies tonight, our destinies, meaning that future plan that God has for us, are tied directly to each other. Amen? Tied directly to each other. Father, tonight, I want to thank you for every man and every woman and every teenager that's in this place tonight. I want to thank you for the power of partnership. That, God, we can do more together than we can do by ourselves. That there is a power in partnership. There's a power in friendship. Lord, that tonight we would just be reminded, I've got a power of influence I'm not going to isolate myself. I'm not going to allow the fans or the audience to affect my relationship with you and definitely not affect my relationship with the people around me. Lord, help us to die to ourselves tonight so that we can look around and see the need and feel it and meet it. And Lord, understand that you've got a big picture for us tonight. And it is to reach the world with the gospel. But that starts at home. That starts with us. Let us have that heart tonight that we would be in one mind and one spirit together tonight, Father. As Acts 4.32 said, what a great thought, Father, that they were of one heart and one soul. Tonight, Lord, we ask you to search our hearts. Lord, tonight, if we don't know you as Savior, if we haven't put our faith in you tonight as Master, if we haven't called on the name of the Lord, Lord, tonight is our night to do that. How many all over this place, as you're sitting and listening, you're not listening to just a person speaking. You're listening to the Holy Spirit speaking through somebody tonight. God is speaking. He, he chose to use people. And God is speaking to you tonight. And he's knocking tonight on the door of your heart. And he's saying, I love you with an unfailing love. He's saying, I died for you and took your place on the cross. I came down from heaven and lived a perfect life because you were doomed. You were bound to destruction. Your eternal destination was hell and separation from God. But God said, I'm going to come down and give my life for you. And if you'll believe in me, though you were dead, you shall live. How many in this place tonight would be honest as heads are bowed and eyes are closed? And say, if I died tonight, if I passed into eternity, I don't know where I would spend it. And you want to know tonight, would you just lift your hand and put it right back down and say, pray for me tonight. I'm not saved. All over this place, that's me. 
Just put it high and put it back down. I don't know Jesus. I'm not asking you to change religion tonight or be part of a of a some church membership. I'm asking you what would happen if you stood before God tonight. Jesus says, I'll stand with you, but you must stand for me. Maybe you're here and you knew the Lord at some point in your life. Maybe you were raised in church. But tonight you're not living for the Lord and you need to give your life back to God. You've been running from God and God is calling you and saying, come home, wayward child. How many would say, that's me tonight, I need to come home. Just put your hand up and put it right back down all over this place. Amen. If you know the Lord tonight, then do you say, God, tonight in this place I'm going to become a better friend. I'm going to understand the power that I have tonight in being part of that threefold cord that is not quickly broken. Let's stand tonight. Let's spend a few minutes in the altar. It's early. We've got plenty of time to just take some time and come down and, and just all across this place, find a place, stand, pray at the front chairs there, whatever you want to do. But let's just talk to the Lord and let's tell Him how much we need Him tonight. And let's tell Him how much He means to us tonight. And let's say, let's solidify and say, God, I'm going to continue to, to appreciate the godly partnership that I have tonight. Amen. Let's sing this song tonight.